Bill, how you doing today? Uh, good, Glenn. Good. <laughs> tired, used a couple, used a couple more hours of sleep. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. It's yeah. a good tired, so. Christian, Lou, how we doing? Good, good. All of us are kind of dealing with the same issues, lack yeah. of sleep. A lot going on. I guess it's better than losing and getting no sleep, <laughs> it's right? It's a lot better. A lot <laughs> better. Uh, let's ask you about the approach in this one. They had the ball for 23 minutes, almost 24 minutes, and they ended up scoring 40 points. You ran the ball effectively in this game. Game plan going in, running the ball because that's what Kansas City was giving you, or did you want to control that ball to keep their offense off the field? Because it's so unusual to see that because usually you're the high-powered offense and you're, you're trying to score as many times as possible. Well, as always, Glenn, we try to do what we feel like is working or what's going to work best. So if it's run it, it's run. If it's throw it, it's throw it. Some combination, then it could be that too. So um, we don't really have a preference. We just want to move the ball and score points. And Felt like that uh, there were some opportunities to to run the ball, and we took advantage of some of those. Ran the ball, as you said, competitively. That opened up some other things um, in the passing game, play action passes. So um, we had balance. Uh, if they had defended us differently, we might not have had balance in one way or the other. So you know the um, the red zone defense for you guys, especially in the first half, was was really good. Really left they 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 wouldn't you they had to sell for field goals. Is that um, is that almost like a benefit with a team like this that they don't have uh, the advantage of so much space to operate in for you guys as a defense to almost make it easier for you to slow them down? Uh, well, I think just in general, it's harder in the red area offensively because you have less less space. So. Um, all the defenders are closer to the line of scrimmage. All the, the safeties are linebackers. And in the passing game, there's just less space to throw the ball. So everything's got to be in the tighter windows. And um, good throws, good catches usually away from your body, getting a feet down and bounds, things like that. So it just makes it a little more difficult. Um, I don't think it's anything unique to us or anybody else. It's just hard to score down there. You know, usually there's great offenses in this in this league, and usually one of the great offenses is your team. And I'm curious, this team here, you talked last week of how difficult it is, can't double-team everybody. Is there, is, can you compare this offense to any one you've gone up against in the past? You have to go all the way back to Peyton Manning because it just it seemed like it's so explosive. Yeah, I don't know, Lou. I'm, <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes this week against the Bears defense. It's, it could be a different story, so we'll just take it week to week. Did um, first time seeing Patrick Mahomes in a game? Uh, did he did he surprise you? Did he do some things that you didn't think he was capable of doing? Um, just your overall, just I guess analysis of him seeing him on the field for the first time. Yeah, well, he's he's a good player. He's got a great arm. Um, he's athletic. Uh, he didn't really run much against us. He, he you know he kept the ball uh, on that fourth and one, but. He scrambled some to throw. Um, overall, the containment on him wasn't wasn't that big of an issue. I'd say the issue was some extended plays where he made a couple uh, good throws. Um, he gave us a couple opportunities to turn the ball over. Um, so, but he's he's got a strong arm and he he's very throws very well out of the pocket. He finds receivers out of the pocket. The extended plays he made were were impressive. Let me ask you about your offense, because the first few weeks it was trying to generate the offense through those weapons. Then you get Edelman back, and now you've gone on, what, 38, 38, 43 points, and there seems to be an awful lot of weapons out there, especially with Michelle running and obviously uh, James White out of the backfield. 
Is this what you envisioned at the beginning of the year, and how much does Edelman play into that? Well, it's good to have um, all the good players that you can have. So uh, we're happy to have anybody that's that's uh, healthy and ready to go out there and help us. Um, yeah, at the beginning of the year, I don't know that there was a big vision. You just try to start working guys in and see how it goes and um, adapt and adjust as you fl- on the fly. You know, that Dante Hightower uh, interception, is that, you know, this offense, the RPO, this quick slants over the middle, it seemed like that was kind of like a game plan, maybe show blitz, hit the offensive line, and then drop back into coverage to kind of crowd that middle for that quick pass? Yeah, well, I think on that play, it was a it was a play-action pass. I don't think it was an RPO, um, and uh, High stepped up a little bit, as um, as you'd normally do on a, on a play-action, but he had the awareness to know that they were trying to throw it in behind him, right behind the fake, and he turned and uh, made a very athletic play on the ball, caught it like a receiver. So that was a great play on his part. Yeah, a lot of people are comparing that to Teddy Bruschi because he's made a couple of those plays, you know, when he comes in and just, you know, the <coughs> ball just makes a quick adjustment. Did it? Did you have flashbacks of seeing the old number 54? <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe a little bit. I mean, he, I ran well with the ball, too. Yeah, the running back. almost leapfrogged uh, and made it into the end zone, too. Yeah, it was a good run. So use his blocker, set up the block by Flowers, and then uh, and hurled again about the four or five-yard five line. So that was impressive. What's this like coaching a game like this in which the next team that gets the ball ends up scoring, and the question is, are they going to get seven or get three? And you look at the end of the game, and I'm wondering – what you're thinking as you're looking at the game clock and trying to figure it all out, the chess move one step ahead of the other. Because if anything, you could look at it in retrospect and say, with the Hill 75-yard touchdown, Kansas City scored too early because that meant you were going to get the ball back and you were going to be able to control the clock and you only needed three points to win the game. So what was the thought process as you're playing that all out at the end, Bill? Uh, well, I think Andy had already used a couple timeouts, and so they didn't have their full complement of timeouts. Uh, and then when we converted the f- the third and one, which was a big that was a big conversion, uh, then that gave us. I think he might have used his last timeout or or next to last timeout. I think he used a second timeout in that series, where we picked up that third and one. And so once that happened, then uh, then I felt like we we could really control things. They. They couldn't really do much to stop it. So we hit James White out of the backfield. Then we hit Rob and, you know, kicked the field goal. So, um, you know, in all honesty, I don't think every time they're I – know, I know that's what you think, and maybe that's what some other people think. I don't think every time they get the ball they're going to score. Uh, they got the ball two series before that, and we went three and out and got the ball back um, for our offense. So uh, I think you just got to play each, each series as it is. But – you know, if you feel like you can have the last possession, which we did, as long as, long as we made that third and short uh, play, then then you can, you know, if you get close enough, play it on your terms, get down there and kick the field goal at the end and win. So, Bill, at the end of the first quarter, you guys tried that squib kick with Gostowski. I'm curious, was that properly executed? And if not, what was the plan on that? Yeah, well, obviously, Lou, it wasn't anything that we, we didn't want to do anything like that, so... Was it miscommunication? Was he supposed to kick it deep, or was that a failed onside type of situation? It was a, it was a bad play. Kind of like Nunez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been a part of a team uh, that uh, never punted and didn't get any penalties? Well, those are as long as you don't turn the ball over. Not punting's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, not getting penalties is definitely a good thing, but as long as you don't don't turn the ball over, so. 
Well, I, we could have used one punt, I guess. Well, it just I guess with with all the passing, with all the the you know holding calls, it's it seems just yeah. almost uncanny that nobody even came close. I mean, it's it's a, it's it's impressive, but it's I can't remember the last time I went saw any game. Pop Warner, whatever, where there wasn't uh, one team had no penalties whatsoever. Not even a false start. So this might be a first for you. Oh no, we've had no penalty games before. But both oh, yeah. no punting and. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure about that. We'll get the researches. On I think I saw the research. Might have been the first game. No punts, no penalties. Wow! And you guys have only had 18, I think, offensive, defensive penalties all year long. That's got to be something you guys are, are proud of, obviously. Yeah, we try to play penalty free every week. Um, we've had um, too many penalties in the kicking game, but. Defensively, not many, and offensively, uh, a few more in the defense, but still not bad. Breland Spreaks said that he let Tom Brady go because he was fearful of getting a roughing the passer uh, penalty. I don't know why he'd be worried about it, because it would be half the distance to the goal. It's only going to cost him a couple yards. Uh, How do you address it with your players? Because this is something that's going on throughout the league right now. We're seeing an awful lot of this stuff called. Uh, well, we talked about it with the team last week, um, and again, I think after uh, five regular season games, uh, which is where we were last week, that there's enough evidence in on a lot of these rules um, as to how they're being called, and so we talked about that. Fortunately, we had an extra day <laughs> in our work week, so we were able to, to take a few minutes to address uh, some of the some of the calls, catch, no catch, um, roughing the passer, uh, taunting. Uh, kind of the way that's being called. Um, uh, so, you know, things like that. That Just to try to make sure that everybody understands what, what we can and what we can't do. Guskowski is a guy that, uh, I don't know, uh, doesn't seem like he's getting enough attention for what he's been doing for all these years and for what he did last night. Five for five, four, four field goals. I mean, four, five for five field goals. And, and a game where you need points. Like you can't leave the field uh, and not come off the field with with points. I guess just talk about him and just what a clutch guy he's been for you guys. Yeah, Steve's been tremendously consistent. Um, he he works hard. He trains well. Uh, he's in good shape and he's got a strong leg. He's very uh, poised and disciplined. Doesn't get rattled. Uh, doesn't get that high on the big kicks and doesn't you know get that low if if it something goes wrong so he's really steady and consistent and um i've been just been so fortunate here to have two great great kickers um so so you know you have kind of never really worried about that position thankfully have you ever like for for adam or or guskowski have you ever before a big kick have you ever said anything to them or is it like a pitcher going through a no hitter? you just stay the hell away from them (laughs) He's like, uh, you got it, <laughs> right up the middle. Nobody like, talks to him. Yeah. No, it's it's because there's well, been a lot. Yeah, it would depend on the situation. I mean, normally there's not a lot to talk about. Um, uh, like last night, for example, there was uh, positioning of the ball was a factor. So we, we centered the ball to put it in the middle. Um, sometimes if there's uh, – and oftentimes in our stadium there's a win situation so that – you wouldn't necessarily want it in the middle. You might want it on one hash or another based on the kicker's preference. So, anyway, talk about that. Or, um, but, I mean, for the most part, unless you're going to do something unusual, there isn't much to talk about. Like, if you're going to try to hard count and draw them offside, if it was a long field goal or if it was fourth and less than five and you were trying to, you know, run a play like that, then obviously you'd talk to the kicker about it so he was aware of it. But otherwise, the strategy is pretty, 
pretty straightforward. Send the field uprights. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> the only reason to send the field goal team out there. That's what I tell them. The only reason you guys are going out there is to score points. I mean, I'm trying to put pressure on you, but that's what your job is, is to come back here with points. Yeah, well, the reason I was saying is because I've, I, you know, I've, I've met some, played with some kickers who weren't mentally strong. Like yeah. you know, that moment kind of got to them, and sometimes they need it. I guess just a look or just some, you know, affirmation from anybody to to just to make themselves feel better about you it. You just hate kickers. Yeah. No, I know what you're saying, and that's um, I would say Steve and Adam. I, I would not put them in that category. I mean, they're confident. They know what they have to do. They don't. I don't think you need a big conversation or um, you know a big kumbaya with them. Just let them concentrate on what they're doing. Go out there and do it, and that seems to work work well for them. We were talking about Tyree Kill earlier, and you know he's fast. I mean, uh, does it kind of even not just surprise you or shock you when you see it in person? But is it when Mahomes kind of scrambles, extends plays that makes him really dangerous and tough to cover? Oh, he's tough to cover. Anything? I mean, he's tough to cover. Period. He's very explosive and. He's a smart route runner. He knows how to use his speed. I mean, he doesn't just run fast into being covered. He runs fast into open spaces and knows how to stem routes and attack leverage and, and then get the open space. So he's he's good at all of it. There were some defensive plays made, and you don't necessarily look at that when you see a 43-40 to 40 game. You talked, Kristen, about limiting field goals versus uh, touchdowns. They got the, exactly a situation that you like to get yourself in where you're going to have that last possession hopefully at the end of the first half and you're going to accept the ball in the second half they got exactly that Harmon made that big interception how huge was that knowing that they did score on that 67 yard in the to open up the second half how big was that at the time yeah that was a big play it was uh, certainly a lot of momentum but uh, seven points or seven points or three points whatever it would have been so um, you know, Hightower had a lot to do with that. He came in there and, and um, after he jammed, Kelsey uh, came in and put pressure on um, uh, on the home. And then uh, we had uh, Kelsey double covered. So um, when the pressure came from Hightower, he threw it in there uh, into double coverage, literally, and ball got batted around and came down to Duran's hands. So um, that was a big stop for us. That was, uh, you know, it was huge to get those. Especially in retrospect, it didn't really seem like at the, at the time that three points was, although you know in this game it's going to end up being close. I think you just felt that. Um, yeah, those are three big points. You know, Lou was talking about Tyreek Hill and just how fast he was. <clears throat> and, like, sometimes you can think you have an angle on a guy and then you realize, oh, no, <laughs> no, I don't. Because um, I saw, I think I saw, it was either Devin or Duran talking about how he's one of the fastest guys ever seen in pads. Is he? Yeah. And if he isn't, do you, know, do you can you give me another guy you think huh. is one of the fastest? Uh, no. He's the fastest guy you've ever seen in pads? He's fast. Hmm. He's fast. I'm trying to think of uh, Rocket, uh, Rocket Ishmael, maybe? No? You know no, those guys? Too quick. Yeah, no? I mean, there's... Yeah. There's fast guys. He's fast. Uh, we've had a couple of Olympic sprinters. Um, yeah, Bethel Johnson was a fast, fast street lane guy. Yeah. Uh, Bates. Um, we had Cleveland. Uh, kid we had from Florida. The running back from Florida. Um who ended up going back into track? Yeah, was fast. Uh, I mean, they're not, I don't think they're like Tariq Hill fast. We, we were talking earlier about Josh Gordon, and, and Christian was pointing out that you know these slants, he catches the ball with his hands, he just plucks it out of the air. I mean, is that something that you just you don't normally see your guys comfortable being able to do that? And he well, is. Yeah, that's what you want to do. That's what you want the receivers to do is tack the ball with their hands and take it out in front. Um, and he has good strong hands. He's they're big and and they're soft and. Uh, but they're strong. When he catches the ball, you can you can tell even on the practice field that 
it's a it's a clamp grip so um guys that have really good hands you know you don't you don't really hear the ball hit their hands um they just have that give and control and all that uh, a lot of guys that don't have good hands you you hear the smack you, you hear the ball collide with their hands and um but yeah i put josh into that category he's, he's got soft hands he's got good uh, he's able to adjust. He's athletic and, and flexible, so he can adjust the ball. It doesn't have to be right there in front of him. It's behind him or high or low. He can adjust to it. All right, Bill, before we close this out, I got one on the Bears for uh, for Sunday afternoon. A lot's going to be made of Khalil Mack, and he's a terrific player. How much is he opening up for other players defensively? Akeem Hicks, a guy that you know extremely well, has played extremely well. Does Mack just change what they do defensively? and just open stuff up for other guys because you've got to put so much attention on Mac? Uh, well, I'd say to this point, I haven't seen a lot of, I would say, game planning with him. They they put them where they put them and play their defense. Um, they don't they do not do a lot that um, where he, he moves into different positions or that type of thing. He's basically on our right side, and he's a... Uh, very explosive player off the ball, speed to power guy, and you know, and he's been very disruptive. He's had interceptions, he's had sacks, he's had strip sacks, he's had fumbles, um, batted balls, and everything else. So he's he's a tough guy to deal with. Um, I'm sure it makes everybody else better because there is some attention to him. Uh, but at the same time, he's been disruptive in every game that I've seen. All right, so we're going to wrap things up with our Mercedes-Benz Drive of the Week. Coach, I know you look forward to this question more than anything during the week. It so is the highlight of the week. It's, it is, right? You, you end the week and you're uh, on to Chicago. So what do you think was the best drive? There's a lot of them. Yeah, well, let's go to the last one, the winning touchdown, yeah. the winning field goal. Let's go, go with that one. It's funny because was that um, – so Gronk was finally, I feel like, finally singled out, like man coverage. Were you guys surprised that at that point in time in the game they were going to – I think he was a safety. I'm not even sure. Number 38. Yeah, yeah. Parker was on him. Um, I wouldn't say surprised. He was on him before. I think if he Rob had been in tight, the end probably would have jammed him, so it would have looked like double coverage. So by extending him, well, we would have either forced the double coverage out, which would have created space for somebody else, and or changed the pass rush, um, or they might not go out with him, which they didn't, and then you know create a one-on-one situation. So. Um, Tom saw that. Tom doesn't miss miss much anyway, but he wasn't going to miss that one. Yeah. Mm. All right, so our driver of the week. Okay, now you can go. Go ahead. Get the evil eye from you. Uh, (laughs) Four and two, Coach, on to Chicago. We'll talk to you next Monday. Good luck. Sounds good. All right, thank you. Thanks, Lou. Christian? Bill Belichick right here on OMF.